I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina. Welcome to the Grim Curriculum, episode 80. And if you do some math and add together both of our shows, that's actually 94 episodes. Holy <laughs> shit. That's insane. And if I also did math right and uh, looked through the calendar just before we started the episode, our 100th episode will be recording on February 25th, 2024, should release February 27th, 2024. So not that far away. And we have something pretty big planned. I'm so excited for that series. I'm so excited for next week's series, though. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm stoked to learn all about it. I don't think we're going to spoil it for you guys just yet. We were initially planning to start it this week, but we figured it was about time for a Grim Encounters. It is October, after all, and you guys sent in, I hear, some pretty fantastic stories. We've got some good ones today. You know, I was reading through them. One of them made me a little sad. The other one scared me. The other one, I was just like, oh, I don't like that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's really good. I'm excited. I'm excited to share these. And I love, I say this every time, I love doing these episodes because it's like we're all gathered around a little campfire. We're sharing our stories. We're scaring each other. And oh, I love it. Yes, absolutely. We might be doing a little bit of Grim Encounters nonsense for our live show too, I believe. So if you have a story you want to share, as we always say, please send it our way because not only could we read it on the show, you could be a part of the live show. Yes. And uh, just a heads up about that live show. Tickets are now available. It is going to be on December 9th at Felice here in Edmonton, Alberta. We are very excited. People are buying tickets. How crazy is that? It's blowing my mind, actually. You guys are wild and I couldn't be happier about it. Thank you so, so much. We may or may not have a little giveaway coming out soon, which we will also keep you guys in the loop for as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah. I mean, it's October. It's a good time. I'm stoked. Yeah, me too. Actually, one thing before we dive into these fantastic stories from you guys, I do want to mention the Stream Daddies. If you haven't heard of us, we are a group of gamers that every year we do Extra Life where we raise money for our local children's hospital, the Stollery. On November 4th, we'll be gaming for 24 hours straight in order to raise money. So if you want to check that out, I will have the link on my social media and maybe I'll throw it in the description below for you guys if you want to see what that's all about. And I'm hoping to squeeze a stream in somewhere. We'll see. It's been a crazy busy month already and it's only getting busier. It is an amazing cause to donate to. So definitely throw some dollar dollars Charlotte's way and uh, support an amazing cause. Yeah, that would be awesome. But now, dear listeners, you've heard us blab on long enough. It is time for Grim Encounters Part 4. I am so excited. Today, we are bringing you three stories from, as always, our very own listeners. So if you need to go make yourself a hot chocolate or a hot toddy, sit down with your warm blanket because things are about to get a little bit eerie. Our first story today is a continuation of a story we shared in Grim Encounters number three. This lovely listener is going by a new beautiful name, so we're not going to be using the same name as before. It is the horrifying story we shared about the ghostly chains. Here we go. 25 years ago, I was 13, having some major psychiatric issues, and I was sent to live in the hilly countryside of eastern Tennessee with my aunt and uncle. 
One day, my aunt is telling her kids and myself ghost stories from when she was little. She fancies herself a psychic. When I was retelling her story, you read May 27th, 2023, I felt a pressure upon my shoulders. This pressure grew as I could feel each individual finger was pressed into my flesh, like wrapping with your fingers on a table, one individually until they're all on the table. I felt this pressure. Then the cold filled my entire being down to my bones. I thought I felt my marrow freeze. That's how cold I felt. My aunt in the meantime was looking above me. Her eyeline was right across from me, but she was definitely looking up above me. The next day, this self-proclaimed psychic that is my aunt wanted to do a tarot reading for me. She told me that I'm an empath psychic, one that specters might be attracted to, that the fey folk would try to draw me to them and blah blah blah. She at this point described the entity that held my shoulders, one not too unfamiliar to horror fans, as a being that looked like the tall man from It Follows. Ooh, that's spooky. Hate it. <laughs> that's quite the vision. Mm-hmm. Sidebar, two other psychic slash tarot readers have also done my readings and said that I'm an empath and that demons are attracted to me as well. I don't know that that's information I'd want to know about myself, right? to be uh, ignorance honest. Ignorance is bliss in some cases, and I feel like that is one of them. You definitely have to have the right attitude to live with that kind of knowledge, I think. So that's very (laughs) strong of you. It really is. Dina, my fiery-haired queen, we discussed Satanism once on Twitter, and I found out I do have a temple here, and I've joined as of April this year, and I wanted you to know that especially. <laughs> Love it. I am also a member of the Satanic Temple as well. <laughs> Love it. We're everywhere, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely. I have the little card and everything. <laughs> Love you both equally, platonically, of course. Love you too, homie. Love you. So enjoy part two. (laughs) XOXO Nova. Oh, I love it. That gave me goosebumps. I don't know if I would want to have that knowledge upon my shoulders. Okay, let us know. Thegrimcurriculum at gmail.com. If you could attract demons, would you want to know about it? Because I I wouldn't. I think it would depend on the situation. As of right now, I feel like I would be ignorant of any goings on that could be attracted to that sort of thing. If strange things were happening to me that I couldn't quite describe or couldn't explain, then maybe I'd want to know as an explanation. But oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Do you personally, is that something that you believe in? Do you think that certain people can attract ghosts and demons? I don't know if ghosts or demons are something that resonates with me, but I certainly believe in energy. And I kind of believe more that certain people are disposed to more negative energy, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. Have you ever had a tarot reading? Because that fascinates me. I have once. I really need to do another one sometime soon, but I have my little deck and I have been practicing. I'm trying to learn. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And yeah, I've been trying to practice like at least once every couple days. So I'm I'm slowly getting there. I've been doing my own. So I don't know if that really counts, but there we go. Hey, there's nothing wrong with practicing. Practice makes perfect. And damn, the cards are accurate sometimes. It is like appalling. They really call you out some days, hey? Oh, yeah. We little heads up about this next one. It does have to do with animal death, but this is one of those stories that really does make you wonder. A huge thank you to Tammy for this one. Hey, Medina and Charlotte. Hello. This happened when I was 13. We lived on an acreage and our dog stayed home, but we didn't have a fence. One day, our dog Emma disappeared. Oh, I can already relate to this. Oh, right? What a nightmare. 
I rode my bike around the neighborhood, calling to her for days, but she was nowhere. I had taken a therapeutic touch course a few months earlier, where the organizer taught us how to communicate with animals. I had nothing to lose, so I tried it with my other dog to see if she could guide me to Emma. Nothing. I had a friend sleep over on Saturday night who slept in Sunday morning. I was doing the dishes, waiting for her to wake up, and I looked in the backyard from the window and I asked Emma where she was. My eyes went to some tall grass beside the pond and I knew she was there. My friend woke up and I rode her halfway home on my bike. When I got home, I went to the spot and sure enough, Emma's body was right there where I knew she would be. I had never seen her in that area before. I still can't explain how I knew. I've never had anything like that happen since. Wow. That's that's a tough one. I mean, that's interesting because I, I truly do believe that every single thing that happens to us is meant to happen to us. And I think at that point, you were meant to find her. Something about it was trying to give you closure. I think that sometimes experiences like this aren't always negative in that way. And you know what? I like that every time we've done this, we've had a story shared with us that shows us these kind of experience aren't always scary or negative. And I I think in a way, that's a really beautiful story. I think so. A lot of people have these kinds of experiences when they're younger. And I'm not sure if that's just because our minds are more open to things like that. You know, we haven't sort of had to deal with society's way of thinking. Right. I I really do wonder about that because it has been proven, I guess, if you want to call it that, that younger people are going to be more drawn to that kind of thing or they're more susceptible to paranormal activities and things like that. So I think if if you're going to experience something like that at the age of 13, because they do say, you know, the puberty years, that's when it's going to happen. It makes sense that you would be experiencing things that are a little bit odd. And maybe that's why they didn't happen again, because they were just happening during that part of your life. Yeah, very true. And if you are a believer in sort of spirits and stuff like that, or even demons, I mean, maybe this is more of a horror movie thing. They seem to be attracted more to like the teenage types because we're very sort of volatile as teenagers, I think. And, you know, we're figuring out our emotions and all of that sort of stuff, too. So perhaps we're easier to target that way. You know how easy we are to target? I remember being like probably 12 or 13 years old on sleepovers. We made our own fucking Ouija board out of just like paper and like crayons and tried to talk to fucking Selena. That's so specific. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure where that was going, but Selena was not where I thought it was going. That's amazing. I wouldn't do it now. Let's say that. I don't know. We never had anything happen, but that could be the start of a really, really fun horror movie that would end terribly for me. I think it would be pretty funny if it was like literally drawn with wax crayon and that's who you were looking for was Selena, but something else came through the portal. (laughs) A million dollar movie idea for sure. I think it might have been pencil crayon now that I think back, but I remember it was colored. I don't even think me and my friends, if any of my friends from those days listen, let me know. I don't remember. Like, I don't remember doing like seances and shit like that. I think there was a couple of times where we were watching like horror movies and stuff where we scared ourselves a little, but I don't think anything legitimate was actually happening. I was definitely the weird friend because I was the one that would try to like do that kind of shit. I remember when The Craft came out. 
Oh, yeah. Iconic. We would do light as a feather, stiff as a board, trying to levitate one another at sleepovers. And, like, we would do all of that shit because I was the one that was suggesting it. And I'm not even surprised by that now. You know what? I do remember light light as a feather, stiff as a board. I'm sure we've done that at least once. (laughs) You know what? I hope everyone listening has because that is, like, an essential part of growing up when we grew up. I think especially as teenage girls, 100%. (laughs) All right. On to story number three. We have some dolls for you. I love a good doll story. I am very excited for this one. And a huge shout out to Kendra for this submission. Okay. I work at an antique shop. I'm an avid doll collector. So imagine my excitement when a large collection of porcelain dolls came into the store I set up a nice display for them and went along with my day. About 20 minutes after I had put the display up, I heard a crashing sound and porcelain shattering. I rushed over to find that one of the dolls had fallen off the shelf and her head had shattered. Oh, no. That's so sad. Yeah. I went back to look on the store cameras and saw that the doll that was previously sitting at a 45 degree angle back almost looked like it had adjusted its posture before its head flopped forward, cascading it off the shelf. The owner instructed me to throw the doll out. However, being a doll collector, especially for dolls with defects, he ended up letting me take the doll home from my collection. Little did I know that this would start a series of unfortunate events. From the moment that I brought this doll into my space, weird things began to happen. Oh, Oh, this is unfolding very quickly. Okay. I would have vivid nightmares of awful events. Things would randomly break, mirrors started falling off my walls, and the bathroom door, which can only be locked from the inside, locked itself with nobody inside. However, the moment I knew the doll had to be released came in a troubling turn of events. One day, while my roommate was out of town, I went about my normal daily routine before work. As I headed out the door, I said goodbye to my cat and filled her bowl up with breakfast before locking the door and leaving. When I returned home from work about 7pm that day, my cat's bowl was empty, so I filled it with dinner and waited to hear her trot along to the bowl. Only I didn't hear anything. I thought that it was odd, but figured maybe she was napping somewhere. So I took a look around and I couldn't find her in any of her usual napping spots. Ooh, this is making me anxious. I don't like it. It's worth mentioning that my cat has no eyes, but that doesn't stop her from finding the strangest nooks to sleep in. Oh, she's blind kitty. I've seen pictures of this cat. Her name is Helen, and I can attest <gasps> she's beautiful, and I love her. She's Helen. very, very cute. Oh, my goodness. Shout out to Helen. Hi, Amazing. Helen. I figured she would come out from wherever she was hiding when she was ready. Again, the breakfast I put out for her mere seconds before leaving for work had been eaten, so I knew she had to be in the apartment somewhere. It was around 9pm that I began to seriously worry that she had not come out yet. I tore the apartment apart looking for her. I opened every cabinet, drawer, and closet, and to no avail. I searched into the night looking for holes in the walls or the ceiling where she may have crawled into, and I still came up empty-handed. Oh no... When morning came, her dinner had still not been eaten. I called into work to let them know I would not be coming in as my cat was missing, and I began the search outside of the apartment. I went door to door with the neighbors until a girl answered the door and said that she had seen my cat in the hallway the previous afternoon around 2 or 3 p.m. 
I had left for work at 10 a.m. She told me to check with building management and thank God someone had taken her in and reported her to management and I was able to get her back. To this day, I don't actually know how she had gotten out of the apartment. Oh my God. That gives me hella anxiety. I'm I... so glad you found her though. Ugh. The door was locked when I left and when I returned home, her breakfast had been eaten, so she must have gotten out sometime after I left, but nothing else in the apartment was missing or out of place. Someone or something had opened the door to let her out while I was gone. That was enough mishaps for me over the course of like a week and a half. I'm all for other worldly friends, but if they are causing distress, they are not welcome to stay. I did a protection ritual and released the doll. And since then, I've had no issues. Thanks for listening. Love the show. Ah, well, we love you, Kendra. That's freaking awesome. Thank goodness you knew how to deal with this situation once you realized what the heck was going on. Right? That's very good because holy crap. Thank you so much for sending that story. Oh my God. I It reminds me of the amazing talk we had with Tracy when we had her on talking about her haunted dolls and her vessels that she has with her. And it's like, yep, you're welcome to stay if we can all get along and you don't, we, you know, we don't have to be friends, but we can be civil. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to start mischief, uh-uh. If you're going to fuck with my animals, it's over. 100%. That's very malicious. Oh, I don't like that. You know, I'm glad that worked out the way that it did, but like, oh, what a, that's terrifying. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm glad Helen was safe because I don't like that for her at all. No, but it's it sounds like it didn't ruin uh, dolls for you, which is good. I'm yeah. glad that that's still a hobby that you weren't scared away from it by one bad egg. So that's a good ending, at least. I think so, too. That was a good one. It really was. Thank you one and all for sending in your stories. We freaking love reading them. You guys are amazing. Seriously, thank you so much. If you have a story you want to share with us, please send it over to thegrimcurriculum at gmail.com. We like to do one of these a few times a year, so we're probably going to do this again in early 2024. We're going to be in our like 100th something episode by then, so pretty cool. Yeah. We're probably going to be into the spring, so who knows what that will bring, but hopefully wonderful, wonderful things. Oh, did that all rhyme? That was I'm beautiful. a poet. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. shit. Who knew I was capable? That should be on like a picture of a mountain or something. Very motivational. <laughs> That brings us to that time of the episode. It is time to thank all of you beautiful, glorious, fantabulous, grim VIPs and up. And if you want to see your name on this list, check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash thegrimcurriculum. Once again, patreon.com slash thegrimcurriculum. Yeah. A huge thank you to... Atlantean Jedi, Judy, Bob, Lisa, Brian, Mayhem Mudkip, and Hillary. You guys are amazing. Thank you so, so, so much for supporting. And yes, tune in next week. We have a brand new gigantic series. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. I'm so, so stoked. Like, seriously, it's... ah. I'm also very excited. It's going to be a grim history lesson and a half. And I believe it's an old-timey crimey as well. One hell of one. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been The The Grim Grim Curriculum. Curriculum. Hey, Charlotte, I have a fun fact for you that's going to help you sleep tonight. Can't wait. Lay it on me. Did you know crocodiles can gallop?
I knew they were fast, but I didn't realize they galloped. They gallop like horses, and when they do, they can reach speeds of 11 miles or 17.7 kilometers an hour, and they gonna get you. Oh, man. Well, I have the fitness regime of a hot dog, so they gonna get me for sure. The good news is alligators cannot gallop. Well, thank God for that, Floridians. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.